0: Pitt gets a much-needed week off. It's a banged-up football team. Goes into this bye week 4-2. and two. We'll be with you for the next hour. We'll recap the first half of the season. The Panthers again 4-2. and two. Solid start to the season. A loss they would definitely want back, and obviously a, a nail-biter against a very good Tennessee team that, that plays a big football game this afternoon against Alabama. We'll talk about this first half. We'll take your calls, 412-928-9370 your questions comments, concerns, what do you think about this team? Where, where are they at? Where can they go? what do they need to do to get a, another shot in ACC championship? And I think there's there's cause for optimism and there's also cause for concern and as we go through kind of each game of the first uh, six in this season, I think we can we can kind of bear out what what this team needs to to be the best they can be. You know you start the year, um, and I think the West Virginia game feels like feels like two years ago, but obviously the backyard brawl on September first was an unbelievable game, unbelievable atmosphere. You know, record setting crowd in Pittsburgh. You know, it was a ten ten game going into half, and obviously a game that ended, you know, with the pick six by MJ Devonshire and. Was a, just a legendary finish and 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 one that I'll never ever forget. And certainly the Panthers were uh, fortunate to win that game, but did enough to do it. And a guy that, that really played a prominent role in that game, we haven't seen since the second half of that game is Rodney Hammond. And and you know that's going to be an interesting storyline as we as we you know head into Louisville next week. You know Rodney Hammond did warm up against Louis against uh, Virginia Tech last Saturday did not play didn't get any snaps obviously Israel banacanda has been the story for this pit team I don't want to diminish his value but you know Izzy didn't have his best best night at the office against West Virginia it was Rodney Hammond that really took the show I mean Hammond rushed for 74 yards two touchdowns and caught two passes along a 49 for 55 yards he was a you know 130 total yards of offense uh, was a spark for that pit team that kind of stalled. Came in trying to run the football in that game, and and obviously uh, didn't do it as successfully as they wanted, or as successfully as they had have later this season. But you know, you bring Rodney Hammond back into the mix with Israel Abanikanda, man, do you have a one-two punch that could be scary? Um, because Izzy's taken a lot of, I mean, he's taken a lot of hits. He's carried the football a lot. His workload has not been light, and he's handled it beautifully. I mean, his performance last Saturday, we probably should start there. You know, when you, when you talk about this running game, 320 yards rushing, six touchdowns, a record-setting performance, eclipsing Tony Dorsett, um, one of the best performances I've ever seen, and to think that he did that, having not really even practiced all week. I mean, he practiced later in the week. They did a very good job managing him. Obviously, he didn't take any hits in practice, but he left the game against Georgia Tech and didn't, didn't play in the second half. Comes out against Virginia Tech. His first three carries go for negative four yards and he goes on to rush for three twenty and six touchdowns. Just an all time performance. But is that, you know, sustainable <laughs> taking 30 carries a game, you know, in today's football, especially with a guy that's been banged up before, it's gonna be nice to have Rodney Hammond back to to kind of formulate that one two punch that I think will be very difficult for teams to handle, particularly because their running styles are so different. You know, Izzy's a very patient runner, but when he sees a hole and it forms, he can hit it and burst, and man, does he have home run capability. Rodney is um, Rodney's a guy that, you know, he he's he's a hit it now, but um, speaking of now, we got a caller on the line. Who we got? Title, title man, what's up? How you doing, Pat? I'm doing good, title man. How are you?
1: A beautiful uh, Saturday and a lot of good football in today, by the way, too. So uh, uh, it should be an a, a enjoyable weekend. Hey, here's, here's what I'm a little bit questioning. Uh, you know, back when it was the Steelers' Steel Curtain defense, it was Joe Green and Dwight White and Elsie uh, Greenwood, I don't think those guys sat at Don in 10 years. Uh, the only way they would sit is uh, if somebody's leg fell off. <laughs> and uh I'll be honest with you, I first of all our run defense hasn't been that good this year. Uh and I wonder whether or not, you know, can't see and definitely can't see and Baldonado. I, I don't as long as they can get out there and they can breathe, they should be on the field. I I don't get this eight, ten. There have been guys out there I had no idea who they were and they might become good players someday, but now when you're trying to win games in the A C C Pat, your best guy should be out there on every don.
0: Title man, I appreciate the call. And, and it's something that, you know, I think there's, there's really two components of, of what you're talking about. I think, you know, number one, you know, Charlie Partridge and is, is really, he's got a very deep room. Obviously, they've had to stretch that depth this year because of injury. I mean, Deslin Alexander didn't play until Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech rather. You know, Baldonado missed a game. Um, they've had guys we haven't seen Dayon Hayes in a while. He obviously is banged up. So they've had to go deeper into their, into their uh, depth chart than they thought they probably would. But they, they want to try to roll um, guys consistently and get them reps. And I think part of the, the issue, you mentioned the, the steel curtain. I mean, the game is so different. And I'm not saying that Joe Green could, couldn't play 80 snaps today. He probably could. I mean, he's a generational talent. But the, the pace at which these offenses play – Nowadays, you're expending so much energy, so much more energy in it from snap to snap than you were back when there, when you were huddling. Defe- there was a defensive huddle. There's no such thing as a defensive huddle uh, anymore. You don't see it in college football. Uh, you may see it a little bit in the pros, but it doesn't, doesn't happen. I mean, you're playing a lot of up-tempo teams. And there's also, you know, there, there's the ability, and you see this in college football now, you know, when offenses substitute, there is a, there is a, I think a very pointed effort by defenses to also substitute. And we've seen it used actually to, to force timeouts. We've seen it used to force delay of games. When an offense change person, changes personnel groupings, you'll see the defense try to guy off the field. It seems like it takes forever. And bring a guy on. And it takes 10, 12 seconds off the play clock. That gives you a chance to get your breath. And it also gives you a chance... To diagnose potentially what the what the op- opponent's trying to do, but I agree with you, your sentiment. There have been times this year in, in critical situations, key drives, where again you're trying to manage snap counts. They have so much data at their disposal from the standpoint of what a guy's you know workload is, how their body's feeling, all those things. We don't know all those details on game day, but there are times and drives when I've wondered, hey, why isn't eight? Why isn't eight in there? Why isn't Can't see in there? Why isn't Baldonado in there? And I'm sure you know part of it is getting through that first six weeks of the season and getting to the hard ACC play when things really start to cook up and late in the season when guys are really banged up. You're going to really lean on those guys. And I expect to see those guys um, continue to be there in critical moments. But, but it's a great point and one that's that's certainly not lost on me. You know, As we continue to talk about the remainder of this season, and keep the calls coming, 412-928-9370. Title man mentioned something that we found out in that in that West Virginia game, and that was this run defense hasn't been as good as Pat Narduzzi would like it to be, as good as it's been in the past. That really started with the opener against the Mountaineers, against West Virginia. Um, C.J. Donaldson had a big day. Now West Virginia has proven to actually run the football better than I thought they would, and they have you know a very veteran laden offensive line. But Pitt has not been as good defensively against the run. And they've had these momentary lapses where there's been these big gash runs, whether it's quarterback runs you know, with uh, Jeff Sims for Georgia Tech or big runs even against Rhode Island where there have been big gash runs. And I, I, I would attribute it to a couple things. I mean, they're, they're relying a lot on their safeties to make plays, which obviously you're, you're then relying on you know one-on-one open field type tackles. And they're not getting the play from the outside linebacker position that they got a year ago, with guys like Phil Campbell and Cam Bright, guys that have played a lot of football. And I think there have been spurts and stretches where this defense has played lights out. I thought they played great against Georgia Tech, save for a couple plays, and the offense didn't reciprocate. There were some times in the in the Virginia Tech game when Virginia Tech couldn't even couldn't move the ball. Um, or needed to move it very, very grudgingly, um, and the Panthers were were stout defensively, but they haven't been, you know, as dominating at the line of scrimmage as as we, we maybe may be thought. They're still getting a pass rush. They're still at the top of the league in sacks. Um, they're they're getting after the quarterback and and, and distru- disrupting disrupting um, the pocket. But in the run game, and that that really is the foundation of this defense. If the run game is a problem, if there's a threat. That a team can run it on you and you can't stop it or you can't stop it to your liking it changes your approach it might change your your willingness to blitz it may change how you how you try to blitz and yield more more true one-on-one scenarios with safeties it's already a one-on-one base defense but you could see that, that that run defense is something they're going to have to shore up as the season moves along and certainly getting after the quarterback and doing so with with the guys we expected to have big years and Kaleja Kansi's having a great year he grades out tremendously every week. He impacts the game when he's in there, even if he's not on the stat sheet. I mean, this guy's making people whiff. He's, he's push-pulling people. He's putting people back into the quarterback or the running back. I mean, he's a high-level player. Baldonado hasn't quite hit his stride yet. I think injury has something to do with that, um, but he continues to make plays and has done so in big moments. But you know, again, I expect this defense, once healthy, which really the, the defense has been, other than the quarterback position, after the Tennessee game. The defense has been where the, where the, the injuries have been the biggest issue. Um, once they get fully healthy, I expect them to take a big step, and they're going to need to. Um, this Louisville team's capable offensively. Malik Cunningham, the quarterback, can run around, got to contain him. Then you go to Carolina against Drake May and Josh Downs and a high-flying Tar Heel offense that can score in bunches, and you're going to need to play well. Um, and I expect them to do that. I've got confidence that that, that will certainly happen. But we'll continue to, to kind of walk through. We got a, Who do we got? We got someone on the line? David from Littitz. Littitz, my hometown. I hear myself in Littitz.
2: Yeah, hello, Pat. Sorry about that. Let me turn this off. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're uh, near your hometown, Man your Mannheim Township High School.
0: Yeah, Littitz, PA, yeah. 17543. Know it well.
2: Yep. Amen. You got it. Hey, just a quick uh, comment, I guess, and a question. My concern about this team is they seem to be um, very undisciplined. And we've seen really head-scratching plays, penalties throughout the year. And I know Pat, it's only half a year, but I know Pat uh, is is very uh, disciplined himself, it seems like. But the team just does some real head-scratching things sometimes. You know, third and 11, uh, they give up a 13-yard run. Roughing the, uh, roughing the punter, uh, a couple blocked punts, uh, some defensive lapses. I just – I know you've got to be careful of what you say, but uh, I'm wondering if our coaching staff is the quality of the coaches we really need.
0: David, it's a great question and a good point. I appreciate the call. Um, the, the discipline you know, issue has – I would say it hasn't been unique to this year. There have been problems in years past. They, they were able to, to you know, subdue it last year. Obviously, but I would say this: defensively, the way they play. And by the way, one of the, there were some roughing the passer calls last weekend, both in the pick game and then in in pro football. The Brady one I don't get. There have been some roughing the passers that either have or haven't been called that are crazy. But the roughing the passer in the pick game last weekend was was um, not roughing the passer. So, but I digress. When you play an aggressive style of defense. I'm okay, and I think Pat Narduzzi is okay, with effort penalties. You know, if you're going after the quarterback 100 miles an hour and you get there a tick late. uh, If it's an egregious late hit, you've got problems. But if you get there a tick late and get called for a roughing, or if you're playing one-on-one coverage and you get called for a PI because they throw a fade up, those things are going to happen. What is, to me, unacceptable are pre-snap penalties offensively, are special teams penalties, multiple blocks in the back, Roughing the punter, an egregious roughing the punter, um, those things are, those are discipline problems. And those need to be addressed. And I can promise you, one of the things about a bye week that happens, David, is there are you have a lot of time to evaluate yourself and to look in the mirror and identify where your problems are. I mean, that roughing the punter penalty against Georgia Tech costs 40 yards of field position in a tight football game. Those things change momentum significantly. So you bring up a really good point. It's something that I know Pat Narduzzi will evaluate. It's something that's really critical, especially when your margin for error isn't too wide. um, and something they'll have to address moving forward this season if they're going to make a run at a coastal championship and a chance at Charlotte.